Oh, yeah? You yeah. think that's how it works? You think it's just that easy? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's 8.57 a.m. Saturday, April the 14th, 2018. I'm Bill. I'm Diane. It's the Bill and Diane. <laughs> Sorry, kind of a hard stop there on the... Uh... How are you doing? I'm doing good. Really? Were you yes. waiting for me to say what episode it was? I'm sorry. Yes. It's episode 246, I believe. In an ongoing series of interconnected, interwoven, and often repetitive... Uh... I got myself a cup of coffee here, and I'm going to take me a sip. <laughs> <laughs> Instances of... Uh, ah, eggs. Conversational uh, uh, gymnastics provided by a couple of uh, quasi-intellectual... Uh, <laughs> Couch potatoes uh, on, on, a, on a kind of run-of-the-mill Saturday in the middle of uh, a rainstorm. Okay. Yeah. I've never thought of myself as an intellectual at all. Quasi or otherwise. Sorry. I just, my mouth just started going. I couldn't stop it. I'm sorry. I was out of control there. But it has been a hectic week here in Lake Amphetamine. Over to you, Diane. We told everyone last week that we would tell them what we mined from our conversation last week. What do you think that we mined from that conversation? Uh, well, I think what I mined from that conversation is that Bill is never quite as together as he appears. <laughs> uh, and the revelation of that lack of togetherness comes in kind of like a... A pot of viscous tomato sauce boiling over on the stove and creating a kind of a, a crispy uh, mess of molten leavings uh, for other people to clean up. Uh, I didn't get that from oh, you the didn't conversation. Get that? Oh. <laughs> uh, one of the things I got from last week was that, you know, I mean, I'm only thinking of it in terms of my own physical health. Because I think that's what brought it about. It is what brought it about. Right, so. Um, I'm learning more about how I tend to manage things. And perhaps uh, there are ways, ways that I could be doing it better. But I don't know. Because I don't know. It's kind of, it's, it's a strange thing because, you know, I think older folks face a sequence of unpredictable eventualities that they have no idea when they're going to be arriving and to what degree of severity they will be arriving and so they kind of have to they're kind of doing this kind of bob and weave thing and uh, you know they got to learn how to absorb the punches but you don't it's hard to uh, front load that kind of knowledge of how to do that you kind of have to learn as you go which is pretty much what life is anyway. So, but. I think what I mind from the conversation is that there are a variety of challenges that you face when you're in your 60s that you sort of anticipated but didn't anticipate because you can't really anticipate them until they're upon you. You're saying the same thing I said, Diane. You're just saying it more eloquently and making, making it not. sound like you're the smart one, and, and which is probably well, uh, because 
you were talking about the health issues and how that created this focus. And that was something that just came upon you without your expecting it or or knowing how to deal with it. And and I was talking about things that you can plan that you don't know how to plan for either. Like um, we talked about the possibility of, you know, how do you know when you're ready to retire? Especially when you're enjoying your job. How do you know when it's time to call it quits? It's hard to, to know a lot of times these various things that um, that you've thought about all your life. You know, you heard about retirement and you thought that you would just be eagerly jumping at it. But for most of us, I don't think that uh, if you have a job you enjoy, I don't think you are just eagerly jumping at the next step because that means that you're somewhat giving up power, you know. So I think that we were talking about just this time of life being one without maps. We were talking about that last week on the show. But because each person's journey at this stage of their life, I believe, has so much of whatever you brought with you. You know, it's sort of it's sort of like we all had our packs that we <laughs> that we are packing along the way. And now that we're in the territories that we need to, to have what's ever in our pack, we're bringing out what we have and and seeing how well we did in packing. But I also think that with that analogy at hand, that we are very fortunate to be on this trip with other people and we can share what we all brought. Well, that's definitely true. Because it seems like whatever we have missing, we're getting from each other. And that Well, the the aspect that was impactful to me uh, after last Friday night's, or a week ago, last night's show, and then Saturday morning talking to you, what I think I was causing uh, the emotional buildup was this idea that, okay, I was... uh, I didn't really retire of my own volition and, you know, although I knew I couldn't work anymore. So it's kind of like the, you know, it's the tragedy of the leaves, Diane. (laughs) The tragedy of the leaves? The tragedy of the leaves because, you know, you, uh, so you finally get an opportunity to do what you've always wanted and then you find that you can't do what you've always wanted because of whatever health issues or things like that. That's the, when I was talking about the uh, cascades of thought. Yeah. That's where the emotional uh, charge was hanging for me, was this idea of, okay, I've been given this opportunity uh, to do the thing I've always done anyway and thought of as my primary, you know, life mission or whatever. So then the thought of not being able to do that because of something I did not foresee or could not have predicted or something like that, uh, to be derailed on the primary mission uh, that always existed. Uh, and that, you know, whatever my working life was, was uh, a means of facilitating that, you know. So then to be given a, a kind of a pure form of that and to be s- stuck somewhere between uh, the gratitude for that 
for the opportunity to do that pure thing and a sense of foreboding about how long am I going to be able to do this. Uh, that's kind of where I was, uh, what was happening in my head uh, after that gig because I don't, um, whether, I mean, I've talked to many people who were at that show. Including Kat yeah, and me. Yeah, who say they had didn't notice a thing, that they thought I was did really well. And, I, you know, I think I did pretty darn good. You did cons- really considering well. Considering the, the way I was feeling. But I did not, I, I did not, I was not present in the way that, that sustains me. Yeah. You know. So as I was standing there performing and knowing that I was doing well, I was thinking, this is not how I want to be. This yeah. is not how, how I want to feel when I'm performing. And is this the way I'm going to end up feeling? So, and that's the kind of the cascade of thought. And it, you know, it cascades into a pretty negative zone for me. So, and it's hard to talk about while I'm having the symptoms because it's just... It's too present, you know, which is what gave me uh, the meltdown I had last Saturday morning. So it was not as in the in the moment. uh, It it did not have any mythological qualities to it. Yeah, it did not have. It wasn't a big picture thing. It was kind of like a very uh, fundamental uh, realization and and then projection of, you know negative uh, spiraling thoughts so. well the other thing I got out of it is that I feel very fortunate to be on this journey with you right now to have somebody be honest and tell you what they're going through and be able to be talking at this depth and level is a treasure to me So, yeah, yeah. thank you well, I'm glad I'm with you too. But it's it's like you know you. One of the things about being older is that you have these issues, and you also have a, a kind of an awareness of the fact that this is not going to get better. Yeah. That this is not going to be something that you're going to be able to just kind of power out of and emerge on the other side, you know, healed or you know. So, you know, you got to kind of change your ideas around that. And when they're ideas that are fundamental to your sense of self, it's a, you know, it makes the the inner confrontation a, a, a little harder to parse, you know. I think that that's part of the issue and challenge of growing older, though. I agree. That, I agree. That it's... all of the things that you thought about yourself are changing. Right. You know, like if you were a great beauty and and now your looks are fading and you have established yourself as a great beauty, or or if you've been the strongest man in the world and and you start losing your capacity to be that anymore. Yeah. I mean. It's like the guy who planned for his retirement for, you know, his whole life and he finally gets his retirement, he buys his motor home and he's about to he wants to visit every state in the union and he's got the thing all fixed up the way he likes it and everything's perfect and he walks out and hops in the driver's seat and has a heart attack and dies. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, 
Yeah. yeah. It's a, it's an interesting time. So that was our <laughs> our conversation. Yeah. I mean, we could, we could go on for it. But we also were talking about the need for, that's why I wrote in our uh, notes to the show last week. That show notes. If you, show notes. If you have desires to have conversations like this, it's uh, we would really like to be talking with friends and yeah because groups. there's a, there's an upside to it all too because you know it's it's a rich area uh, and it's uh, it 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 like it insists on community on some level uh, in my mind it insists on uh, gathering with people that maybe are like minded or maybe not so quite so like minded and just talking about the stuff. It just seems like that's, you know, there's this sense of retreat and disengagement. Uh, and maybe I'm misreading the way life, the signals life is giving me. I don't know. Maybe people have always, uh, maybe older people have always gotten together and kind of chewed the fat about these kinds of issues uh, more than I'm aware of. Uh, but what, I'm, what I feel like I'm seeing is just this kind of... Um, a kind of whimsical denial, uh, on the surface anyway, that anything really weird is happening, uh, and it's because people don't know how to how to start a conversation about it without sounding like uh, like you're complaining. Yeah, or... like it's all complaints or oh poor me or you know or a negative it's thing. not fair and you know but you know. But I don't really think it's all about that. And when I've talked to my therapist about it, and, and uh, I've been trying to encourage my therapist to start this, start a group uh, of older men. Uh, and you and I have talked about starting groups of older people to just so that there can be a forum for yeah the frustrations and the kind of uh, scary parts, but also so that the you know it's like any group getting together. Okay adolescent children if they could all get together and find out that everybody feels like That's a total right. moron and a total uh uh you know like they're the ugliest person everybody feels self-conscious to you know at that point it, this the sense of that I'm you're not alone is very helpful so um it just seems like I don't like the idea of retreat or uh, denial. Yeah, well, it's like retreat is denial because you are retreating from the human community and you're part of the human community. You can't not be a part of the human community. Yeah, that's you know? right. That is denial of a kind that is that I don't think is uh, life-giving. I think it is life-taking. Uh, it's, a, it's a further depletion, uh, and I think our culture steers us into that. Uh, so that we end up feeling that's what we're supposed to do. Yeah. You know, that's what people do when they get to this. You know, and that's just, I don't, uh, you know, I don't like that idea. And maybe, be, you know, by the time I'm 70, uh, I'll be feel completely different about it. I may feel differently about it by the time I'm 61. I don't know. But I, it, right now, I just, I feel like that's, it seems like just kind of a uh, capitulation, you know, that may not be, the right answer because it's because it is a it's like you're deliberately kind of standing at the top of the top of the stairs and just falling forward and letting gravity do its thing yeah. you know and, and it, well, you know, I don't know that's just that's just a piece of it too but. 
other ways that we um, explored this concept was through watching a couple of biographies last week, uh, last weekend. Um, one on Gary Shandling and one on yeah, Nora would, Ephron. I would definitely recommend The Zen Diaries of Gary Shandling that's on HBO. A really well done thing by Judd Apatow. Like a, like a six hour documentary about Gary Shandling. And I didn't even know about Gary Shandling, but I got quite drawn into it, as I always do with biographies. Mm. I, I get very interested in them. And then uh, a biography uh, by Nora Ephron's son uh, about Nora Ephron, which really interested me, too. And also on HBO, right? Was That That you? was also on HBO. Yeah, yeah. So it's been a... A time of, for me, I love these reflections because I feel like whatever age you're in, you should be drawing the sap out of that time mm-hmm. and not looking back to another time. Because uh, I was telling Bill that earlier this week. Uh, That's me. Pardon me, I'm gonna have another drink of coffee. <laughs> I'm the Bill, she's talking about. Okay. Ew, boy. Uh, I was in the good kitchen at work and uh, one of. Uh, my friends and colleagues came in. She's in her mid-40s, I think, or early 40s. And somehow, I don't even know how the conversation came around to it. I don't remember it, but I remember her saying, I don't think I'll ever feel old. And at that moment, another woman who uh, who I work with, also a friend and colleague, came in, and she's around 55. So she was kind of in between that mid 40 range and me I'm not in the mid 60 range but you know she was um, she came in and and she had overheard the comment and she overheard me kind of chuckling about it and and uh, the the younger woman looked at at me and said why you know why are you finding that humorous and I said well and I said to the 55 year old woman what do you think about that statement? And she said, no, I think that when you get to a certain age, you start feeling like you have a different perspective than people who are younger. And I, as a person who is even more aged than that, was thinking, but there is a, it isn't that you are feeling old. It's that other people have something to say about how you view yourself in the society. Like when you're, you know, when you're called cute or when people are diminishing your powers by uh, not recognizing you as quite the same level of um, capacity. You don't bring that upon yourself. Other people bring that upon you. But also there are situations health-wise that start being more apparent when you're older. And that is what makes you feel your age is because you can't do things to the same capacity as you once did. Right. Well, so, but, of, but your consciousness remains youthful. And I you think know. that the, your consciousness is that eternal part of yourself right. that will never age. That is ageless, yeah. That is ageless. Yeah. But in this body, that consciousness in this body recognizes that things are happening that uh, are not something that would have happened when you were a young person. For example, the fact that I can't stand for a long period of time now because of uh, after the accident I had where I was hit by a car, 
um, I have some sort of neurological thing that if I stand too long, my leg falls asleep. Here's an interesting thing, Diane, and I uh, uh, create a complete circle because I can't sit too long uh, <laughs> without, you know, needing to, to get up. Yeah, so we have that covered. Also, when Diane and I walk down the street, my right leg gives me problems. Her left leg gives me problems, so we even each other out. <laughs> we could do a three-legged walk thing, and so we'll be ambulatory for a long yeah, time as long as we can. Exactly. As long as we can tie our our legs together, we could do like the, what the I was saying walk. about you know what you packed in your pack. We we did a good job of being able to help each other in this stage of our lives. Well, it's true, and we planned it that way. You we know, did from the time we were in our twenties. We. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> because we, we could see. We knew that we were we, going to be together We someday. were visionaries in that way. <laughs> like, a, like nobody else we know. Uh, we were, yeah, truly. I don't think anybody knows what they're packing <laughs> in their packs. When they're, yeah. It's just like, oh, I think I'll take this. I think I'll take that. And all of a sudden you're thinking, yeah. oh, my God, let me see. What have I got now? Yeah. Anyway, I just, I wanted to, to fill everybody in on those thoughts that we had because that was a very important conversation to me and to you I believe uh, that we had we're having last week and I felt very grateful that I was with somebody that like Holly was saying you are so lucky to have a person who interests you enough that you would talk to them for two and a half hours I thought well we talk a lot longer than that um, another, so the, the music for this week music um, was influenced by my uh, habit of listening to Fresh Air on the, on the bus. Yes. Um, they had a theme for one day of Rodgers and Hammerstein because a... Stein. Stein. I always get confused with that. Rogers and Hammerstein, a man who is a writer for Politico and Vanity Fair, and uh, I think that those were the main publications that he worked with, had written a, a work called Something Wonderful about Rogers and Hammerstein. And just hearing some of the little bits of music in that piece really thrilled me because Rodgers and Hammerstein musicals were quite a big part of my upbringing. My family watched a lot of musicals and I I love them and I know sometimes people would make fun of musicals and say oh well you know that never happens in real life and and I used to always say well, it could. You know, we could all just start bursting into song. And, I burst and, into and song sometimes. And choreographed dancing. And choreographed like dancing. Yeah. Anyway, um, now I think it's uh, much more a part of life when people do flash dances and stuff like that and mob sorts of things that they do. Uh, but I just love the, the music. And uh, my particular loves when I was a kid were... A record that we had of Carousel. We didn't have all the the records, but the soundtrack albums. The soundtrack albums, but I listened to them a lot. Carousel and The King and I, and we didn't have an uh, album of the Oklahoma. But I really enjoyed the show when I was younger. So I asked Bill whether he would indulge me in, in putting a couple of Rogers and Hammerstein tunes on tonight. Tonight? Today. Tonight. 
the morning? This morning? This morning. This morning. Whatever it is. What is this? It feels kind of like night right now. Does it? Okay. I don't know why. The dark night of the soul, Diane. And it's so funny because usually we have no ideas about what to do for music. It's true. And then this week we had a plethora of ideas because first I had the Rogers Hammerstein idea. And that's why we we're going to do it, even though. That's right, because yeah. she had the idea first. Well, just because it was first on the roster. But then last night we went to see Heidi Muller and Bob yeah. Webb. And was I was thinking, him. man, we could have done them. And that's and true. then you got a John Prine album. The new John and... Prine album, first new John Prine album in 13 years. I mean, of new songs that I think is really good. So we'll maybe do John next week. Yeah. yeah. But the... Rogers and Hammerstein, for me, I was listening to a lot of the tunes uh, on Wednesday of this week when you went to open mic. Hmm? When you went to the open mic. Oh. And I was thinking how they remind me of home. They remind me of my parents and going to see the shows with them. And, and right now, because my mom is... Uh, really not very present on earth anymore even though she's still here in body her her spirit is often wandering and and i miss my family so for me that's another reason why i wanted to do this today is because it reminds me of a comforting home feeling you can smell it when you hear the music you can smell what it was like and you can feel what it was like and you you remember there was a there's a certain kind of a warmth that comes with it that that is reflective of our youths and i agree with you i think it's that's what that music is is about to a great degree for me it's you know has more to do with like the music man and, uh, i think it's whatever albums you yeah, had because we had the music man we had sound of music or music man is not rogers and hammerstein it's meredith wilson but, and uh and we've played that before for yeah. the same reason. And I love Music Man. Wish we had had that soundtrack when we were young. But the, um, I don't know. It's funny because the man who wrote the book was even saying, uh, Terry Gross was asking him, well, why did you write this right, book? Because he's a political reporter. He's a political basically. reporter. He's known for that. And, and he said, because I always loved it, and it reminds me. Of, he was talking about how it reminds him of his family and youth, and and a time that he really enjoyed. And it, when I heard that, that was why I thought I would really like to play some pieces on the Bill and Diane show because maybe other people had that as the soundtrack backing in their young lives too. Because yeah. uh, he said for his childhood that was the soundtrack backing right. the whole time. Right. And uh, so, some selections for your Saturday enjoyment.
that link my name with yours. Why do the neighbors gossip all day behind their doors? I know a way to prove what they say is quite untrue. Here is the gist, a practical list of don'ts for you. Don't throw bouquets at me. Don't please my folks too much. Don't laugh at my jokes too much. People will say we're in love. Don't sigh. claim that you are to blame as much as I. Why do you take the trouble to bake my favorite pie? Granting your wish, I carved our initials on that tree. Just keep a slice of all the advice you give so It's all right with me. 